Everything's going to be all right. Thank you for joining episode 71, Bryce Harbor podcast, a good start in visions and end result. I'm going to share with you some thoughts from a recent um, leaders, pastors conference I took my myself and my team to this past month at Ruach in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Pastor Kevin and Devin Wallace, Redemption to the Nation's Church. And some of the notes I spoke um, this past Sunday at our church on Murfreesboro Family Worship Center, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. At the conference, there was a panel of leaders, pastors from across the nation, begin to think about concerns, threats, and opportunities facing the church moving forward. Some of the concerns were theological shallowness, biblical literacy, hunger for the Word of God, People wanting breakthrough but needing the Bible. Greatest threats that they mentioned to the church were, as listed, unbelieving believers, environments of opinions, spirit of division, being being a stuck church with a moving God, silencing our voice, complacency, compromise, experiences outrunning epistles, preaching truth with the wrong spirit, New religions being created just dressed differently, twisting scripture into our own destruction, desiring to be heard rather than hearing, technology and intimidation and fear. And lastly, kids ministry due to the largest amount of ministers stepping away, lowest amount coming into the ministry. Opportunities, there was just a few listed that they saw and mentioned there on that panel was technology and how that can involve the next generation heavily. We are dealing with AI. That can be a good and bad thing. But they talked about IA, intentional agreement, harmony, parenting, marketplace ministry, and just Gen Z having a great opportunity to lead in um, what God's going to do in the in the years to come. I'm going to talk today, Ephesians chapter 4, in a world that is preparing for war, God is preparing for a wedding, and being a follower of God is controversial. We are children of God. We are called to be covenantal, not controversial. We are people of promise. Our faith is controversial, but that is not our goal. That is not our purpose. Our purpose is to be committed to the covenant of Christ, to the word of God, be a people of promise. And Ephesians chapter 4 says this, therefore, Paul's saying, I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were also called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So four things I think are so important in this idea of everything going to be all right. There's, a, there's these four things that we draw from this chapter in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And that is, first of all, we have to walk in a way that is worthy. Worthy or walk really there in the Greek, a, a better way of breaking that down is way of life. Our way of life has to be worthy of the calling in which we have been called. And that word forbearance or forbearing 
or bearing with one another in love implies that there is going to be moments of hurt, of offense, of things that just make us upset with one another in the faith, with one another in our family, with one another in society. And so we should walk, as listed there, with all humility, gentleness, patience, being diligent to keep the unity of spirit and the bond of peace. So that manner, walking in that manner means being humble, being gentle, being kind, being patient, and being diligent to keep the unity. So the second thing, so so four things. Number one, walk in a way that is worthy. The second thing is, is to fight for unity. We, we're going to always have reasons for division. We're, we're going to have more than enough reasons and excuses to leave our church or to leave the faith or to give up on a relationship, whatever the case may be. Give up on it. Give up on family members. What we're we're always going to have a just an overwhelming amount of reasons to just move on and to give up. But the second thing is is that we should fight for unity. We should always fight for unity. That doesn't mean uniformity. I do believe unity happens in diversity. So there's grace. I like to say it like this: there's a grace to grow, or there's a grace to go. And I believe God always gives us the grace to grow into unity. Ephesians chapter 4 into verse 7 says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive the captives and he gave gifts to people. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended? into the lower parts of the earth. So he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. Ephesians 4 verse 11, he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So real quickly, everyone receives grace. Everybody gets the grace to do that. Our college pastor spoke re- recently in our Sunday service and talked about being God gives us everything we need to be godly. He provides. He is that source for us to be who he's called us to be. And it's interesting when you think about this idea of everyone receiving and everyone bringing having a gift. In Roman culture during this time, as Paul's writing this, book of Ephesians, this letter to the church of Ephesus, Paul contrasts the Roman culture and how they gave gifts to Roman generals and how they, those generals received gifts for triumph for, you know, during their triumphant entry and Christ fulfilled God's order as a triumphant leader. He ascended, he descended. So like during this time in Roman culture, political rulers were really deified. And so Paul is using this, using this craftiness in his words and talking about how he descended and ascended and he seated in the heavenly realm and gave gifts to humanity. So we give gifts to these triumphant generals and political leaders and we deify them, yet Christ is just this contrast of being someone who sent 
giving gifts unto us. Very fascinating to think about during this pagan culture time. In this deification of political leaders. Paul is talking about how God and Jesus has given us the church gifts. What is those gifts? The gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And there's three prepositional phrases that follow that. For the equipping the saints, work of ministry, building up the body, until we all attain unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, maturity of the measure, standard of Christ. So that first one there of equipping the saints, that word equipping could be set, could be stated mending. It's the same kind of word that it was used talking about mending nets. So when we talk about equipping the saints, we're not just talking about like putting a sword in their hand and putting a Bible in their hand and giving them. This was about putting people back together so that they could serve others. Like you can't help somebody else and their healing if you haven't been healed. Like you can't lead somebody into deliverance and out of Egypt and out of their stronghold and out of their pain and until you've been let out. The equipping of the saints is, is really about the mending of people's lives. So for the work of ministry, building up the body until we all attain unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, maturity, right, to the measure and standard of Christ. So Christ here for Paul is that measure of, matru- of maturity. He is the standard. Like what, what is it to be mature? It's to be, it's to be like Christ. What, it, what, what does it mean to even be human? Paul is, ta- Paul is, is clearly stating that the standard of just being a human is Christ. How do we examine ourselves? Christ. And Apostle Paul is clearly saying that here. And the gifts given to the church help us to rise up to that standard. So what happens if we do not become like Christ? Well, I think that's pretty, that could be really easily seen on social media, on any mainstream news. What happens when we do not become like Christ? Well, we are children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We are tossed back and forward by the schemes of man, the deceitfulness of man. When we are not focused on Christ as a standard, we are subject to trends, to fads, to trickery, to propaganda, to foolishness, to selfishness. Dr. Frederick Long of Theos University said it like this. It has been stated by doctors that the average maturity of a human being is 12 years old. So you could be 50, so you could be like 85 years old and still be 5, 10, 15 years old. So God provides a gifts to the body where Christ is a standard and the word is the meat by which we eat that naturally causes us to maturate to the fullness of his ultimate and ideal intention. Every aspect of our lives has to be surrendered to the nature and lordship of Christ. As a result, we are no longer unstable. We see that here in Ephesians 4. As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. 
But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in the love. Walk in a way that is worthy of the calling. Fight for unity. Number two. Number three is that we have to acquire the anointing. We have to have the anointing. Simply put, the anointing on our lives is to is the ability to do the will of God. If you're like, I don't know, really understand what the anointing is. If I could just put it in a statement, it is the ability to do the will of God. One of the best, one, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of places you can look throughout scripture about the anointing and in Exodus, how they anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it, Right? Psalms 20, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him for his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. And in Psalms 133, it's very well pictured poetically by the psalmist. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard as on Aaron's beard. The oil... They are the anointing which ran down upon the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing there forever. So as we are the body of Christ, we got to be unified. Why do we need to be unified? So that we can be dripping in the oil of the anointing. And that anointing is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit giving us unction, leading us and guiding us, giving us discernment from right from wrong, good and evil, true and false. That's why it's so important to fight for unity so we can come under the headship of Christ. The anointing begins to run from there. It's really hard for you and I to walk in our anointing if we're not one in faith with other believers under the headship of Christ. So first of all, if you were not in some kind of regularity with a community of believers that's teaching the Lordship of Christ in the Bible, it'd be really hard for you to function in the full totality of the anointing that God's placed on your life. You won't be able to, I believe, to fully do it. And more than anything, we've got to function in the gifts and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that God has given us. Like anybody, like everybody wants to be David, right? And, and go, you know, beat Goliath. But like, who wants to be Samuel? And who, who's going to be Jesse? Who's going to be the family that's near the things of God and the people of God, and the prophet of God? So we got to have the anointing. We got to be unified. So that as Christians, as a capital C church in the globe, we're going to come under the Lordship of Christ so that we can walk in the anointing. So, so Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ, that's not Jesus's last name. That was something attributed to him as Messiah, 
And then from there, they began to call his followers Christians. And really, if you look at the breakdown of that, it's really interpreted anointed ones. Jesus, the anointed, Jesus Christ. And then Christians are the anointed ones. And you see that unfold in Acts 2, 3, and 4 with Peter. So the last, so walking away that's worthy of the calling. You want everything to go. If you want everything to be all right, you got to walk in a way that's worthy of the calling that God has called you. You got to fight for unity. You got to acquire the anointing. And then lastly, you got to give God all the glory. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. <laughs> you know, like everything that we do. If you haven't seen or heard the New York City's mayor, Eric Adams' speech, we are not all right. You got to go check it. It's about four minutes. It's amazing. It is powerful. And that's really kind of spurred on the title of this message, this podcast, and this message I preached uh, this past week at Family Worship Center. And that was for me to add on an addendum to that. And that is, you know, we may not be all right, but we are going to be all right. We are going to be all right. I imagine when Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, the consequence was death, yet didn't die immediately. They were found by God, clothing their shame. Everything was going to be all right. When Noah saw the distortion of humanity's disgusting debauchery, yet God attributed to his alliance an archetype of a new advancement, everything was going to be all right. Elijah at Mount Carmel, Elisha, a double mantle, Jezebel dismantled everything was going to be all right. David, a young shepherd boy, destroying giants, disentangling warlord decoys, God's ultimate unorthodox deploy, everything was going to be all right. Joseph and Mary with Messiah and Macon, rumors in town shaking, John the Baptist and Elizabeth's womb quaking under the embers of the Holy Spirit, stoking everything was going to be all right. The Christ on cross crucified, humanity's salvation, Seems anything but actualized. The Christ in tomb abandoned disciples in gloom and disbanded. The Christ safe and resurrected. Blessed assurance sealed and reinstated. Everything was going to be all right. 120 in an upper room. No savior in sight and under political fright. Flames of fire set above each of them with inextinguishable light. Everything was going to be all right. If one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand to flight, everything's going to be all right. If the battle's not mine, the battle belongs to the Lord. Everything is going to be all right. If we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, thrones, the means of the darkness of night, everything is going to be all right. The night is dark is just before dawn, so peace be still until the break and burst of glorious light. Everything's going to be all right. And to the one whose hair is white, eyes that blaze fire-like and sword pierced with light, and voice of waters bright, we know with your word, Lord, everything's going to be all right. I want to read a couple of hymns to close out this episode. No more we doubt thee, glorious Prince of life. Life is not without thee. Aid us in our strife. Make us more than conquerors through the deathless love. Bring us safe through thy Jordan to thy home above. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. 
not be all else to me save that thou art thou my ble thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. Be thou my wisdom and thy my true word, I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father and I thy true son, thou in me dwelling and I with thee one. Riches I heed not nor vain, empty praise, thou my inheritance now and always. Thou and thy only first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure thou art. High king of heaven, my victory won, may I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision. Or ruler of all. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget a good start envisions the end result.